If you want to pump your body and expand your mind, there's only one place to go. Mind Pump. Mind Pump. With your hosts, Sal Stefano, Adam Schaefer, and Justin Andrews. Yo, in this episode of Mind Pump. <laughs> it's because we talked about rap. Yes, it is, dude. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, that's racist. Yeah, man. Yeah, that's yeah. That's racist right no, there. No, it's not. I don't know. <laughs> For the first 46 minutes, we do our current events introductory conversation. We talk about the weekend and the fights we all had and <laughs> yeah. the makeup and sex the makeup we all makeup had. part. Yeah. So Ooh, weird. Yeah. All of us did that this weekend. Yeah. Isn't that interesting? We're all sharing We've the same all, vibes. We're the same, yeah. dude. We, we already talked about this. We talk about the uh, documentary on Netflix called Rapture about the state of rap. I'm going to watch that so I can be up to date. Uh, I mentioned Butcher Box and actually how their steaks, their grass-fed and grass-finished superior were better than the Whole Foods ones. Uh, and by the way, we got you guys a massive hookup. Massive. This is exclusive for Mind Pump. If you go to butcherbox.com forward slash Mind Pump, you'll get free bacon, two ribeyes, $10 off, and free shipping on your first order. Yummy. This is the best quality meat. Uh, we talk about the dangers of selfies. Believe it or not, selfies killed more people last year than sharks. That's right. I'll, I'll stop flushing my wife's when you stop taking selfies. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Adam. <laughs> we talk about the future predictions from the first Earth Day that were just totally dead wrong and how the government loves to prevent people from helping the homeless. They don't like competition. They want to be the you only ones. You stop doing it. Only right. us. Uh, we also mentioned Organifi in this episode. We talked about the turmeric again. Now Adam's using it for inflammation. He's loving it. We are sponsored by Organifi. If you go to OrganifiShop.com, enter the code MindPump, you will get an exclusive discount. The first question that we answered was, can we talk about the benefits of using drop sets and when to use them? So drop sets are where you lift weight uh, for a particular amount of reps and then you immediately shift to a lighter weight and continue the set. And you do this two or three times to do an entire set, well, otherwise known as a drop set. The next question was, this was a personal one. This person wanted to know how I talk to my kids about my divorce. What were some of the things I talked to them and what about the transition of moving out? Very difficult time. Uh, definitely think there are better ways to handle it and worse ways to handle it. And I talk about that in this part of the episode. Then we get a very important, serious question. Do we fold or crumple our toilet paper before we wipe? Yeah. It's a question Adam picked there. That I just one. Put that out there. <laughs> and then the, that one our, threw us for a loop. Hooking our girls up yeah. there. And then the, the, the final question was... Uh, we have an asteroid coming to Earth. The impact is imminent. Do we want to be vaporized immediately, or do we want to survive with the other 10% of the people on Earth? Uh, and if we do, would we go to a safe haven, and how well mm. could we survive? I think we all pretty much agreed. Yeah. We're fucked. We, yeah, we I don't want to eat cockroaches. Yeah, we'd be dead. Yeah. We'd absolutely be dead. Forget about it. Also, look, summer is almost here. This is your time to get a six-pack. I'm talking about the six-pack on your midsection. A beer. Not a six-pack of alcohol. Oh. Uh, we have a program called the No BS Six-Pack Formula. It's a workout program just for your abs. We're giving it away for free this entire month if you enroll in any MAPS bundle. Bundles are where we take more than one MAPS program and we combine them together and discount them by 20 to 30% off. Uh, our most popular bundle is the Super Bundle. That's several MAPS programs strung together to construct a year of exercise programming, all planned out for you. Exercise videos, blueprints, everything. You can find all these things, all these programs, and the bundles, and the free No BS six-pack formula at mindpumpmedia.com. 
t-shirt time. Who gets a shirt, Doug? How many people? We had 17 reviews. Hey. And we're giving out five shirts. So the winners are That's So Joe, A. Carson 4, Bale, 1522, Guitar Addict, 1997, and Arctic Breeze 10. Yeah. yeah. That's a throwback. <laughs> All of you Breeze. are winners. Send the name I just read to iTunes at mindpumpmedia.com. Send your shirt size, your shipping address, and we'll get that right out to you. So fresh and so clean. So we were all sharing uh, stories over the weekend. It sounds like everybody had great sex weekends. Yeah, man. <laughs> <laughs> Let me yeah. take you on a sex capade. Yeah, yeah. Every, everyone did. Although I fucked up, dude. On the on, I think Katrina's gonna be so mad. I share this right now. So we kind of got into it a little bit this weekend because uh, I've been feeling good lately, man. I've been feeling really good as far as my libido and shit. It's been. I have, we haven't talked about it. Your sh- hormones are. Coming back, man! I, I'm I'm pretty excited right now. This is, and I don't want to jinx Hello, it. Hello, I don't want to jinx it, but it's I'm finally feeling back to my normal self. My I'm motivated to work out. Like I'm excited. Like I know when I'm back to me is because I actually I don't know if you guys do this, but like when I'm in the groove and I'm like training and dieting and doing well and stuff like that with my fitness, like I I'm thinking about my workout the next day. Oh yeah. Like mm-hmm. I'm like really like excited about it's fun. Like, yeah, yeah, no, it is. It's yeah. really, and but it wasn't like that for the last couple months. So. Um, it's finally got back into that and I'm, and I'm starting to see, uh, the libido change and everything like that. And just been feeling really good, man. Had incredible sex, uh, this weekend and afterwards we're kind of laying there and she's just like, you know, it was mind blowing. Right. And she's just like, man, what it, what <laughs> she's you- like, she's, para- she's paralyzed. Yeah. <laughs> she's she's laying there and she's like, she's like, alive? what do you, what do you, what do you, what do you think that was right there? And I'm like, it's fun. I kind of chuckled. I'm like, I'm, I'm, I'm unpacking it right now. Right. I'm like in my mind, I was thinking about like, damn, what, 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 what's got, what got into me right today. And, uh, I, I, I thought about everything that happened. So I'm sitting there and I'm just, and she's like waiting for me to respond. And I'm really like thinking about it. <clears throat> And I totally led with the wrong thing completely. Like so, I take full, <laughs> I take full responsibility. What did you do? Well, because I led with this literally this sentence. I said, "Well, the crazy part is it's not you." <laughs> <laughs> right, no, right, dude. Right, but the, the 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 honest part about me was that's not what I meant. Was like it's not that she's not beautiful. And my point was, and what I said after that was, well, it's you're you're literally saying it's it wasn't you when it was bad. Exactly. Right, right, yeah. right, right, so right. what what I exactly exactly. But what I should have known better was to say that to my girl during this time of the month, and that knowing that that was coming, right, yeah. and knowing that this is probably going to trigger her to be like. You fucking asshole, right? Like, wait, hear me out. Yeah. And, and so I'm like, yeah. it wasn't you, you know? Yeah. So I was There's fucking idiot. Story. Yeah, it's not no. you. yeah, it's not you, baby. Yeah. I could have been horny no matter what. Yeah. But yeah. what I was trying to say to her was, you know, you know, we're seven years deep into this relationship, and I'm like, I'm just as physically attracted to you uh, as I was day one. And the sex is just as amazing since day one. In fact, we you have we have moments like this where it's like, oh my God, that was the best sex of our life type of deal. I said, so that still is happening. And, and and so my love for you is is not changing. It hasn't changed. If anything, it's only grown stronger. But what just happened right now, if I'm being completely honest, was it really wasn't about you. It was It's really about myself. And it's really, you know, if you think about what happened. So earlier in that day, that just happened to be the same day. So this was Friday or Thursday. I can't remember what day. But it was a day when we were all in here and we were 
talking about revenue and the numbers and the projections and, you know, mind pumps killing it and doing well. And, you know, we're finally going to start being able to really pay ourselves. And like, it's just, it's just a really good time for that. And we had just, Taylor was reviewing all the sponsors. We crushed all the, we did so well for our sponsors. We're doing better than any of their podcast is for all the sponsors that we have. So all this great, like, financial news. My work, I just had an incredible workout. I'm starting to kind of feel myself a little bit. I'm filling my shirts out again. So I'm just, I'm feeling fucking great. Right. And I, and I told her how much of that it's crazy that these things are so important to me that I I have all of it in place because I know that I'm, I'm loving myself. And if I'm truly loving myself, it allows me to love you at full capacity. Mm-hmm. And I know that even when, I, when I'm not loving myself, I still love you and we're still a great partner, still a great team. But I know that when I take care of myself and I take care of all the things that are important to me, that it allows me to love you on another level that you deserve. Well, you got to even you back up a little bit, you know, the, I know how you feel about your, your girl and you, you consider her a, a very special, the most special person in your life. So if you have someone like that in your life that you consider that special, you wouldn't want to give them something that you didn't think was awesome. So if you don't think you're awesome, if you don't love yourself, you're not taking care of yourself, you can't possibly love that person to, the, to your full capacity. Because if you don't think you're good, well, why am I going to give this piece of shit to this awesome, incredible person. And this is how people fuck themselves up. And, right. that's, mm. and that's where it makes sense when people say, you have to love yourself first before you can love someone else. I used to think that was bullshit. Like, what, is, what do you mean by that? It's stupid. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. No, it makes perfect sense because if you really care about somebody and you think of yourself as somebody who's not, who's worthless or garbage or lazy or unattractive or whatever, that's bad. Why would you, how could you possibly give yourself fully to someone? In fact, you would probably... You, you, it would be terrible. It wouldn't be good. It's so, so important. And I see this in relationships all the time now. Oh, yeah. It's mm. super common. It took me a long time. You don't know this when you're young. I, I don't know very many people who know this until they're like in their late 30s, 40s even. Uh, it just takes a long time to figure it out. And some people never figure it out. Oh, right. But once you figure it out, it's magic because then all your relationships with all the people you care about, including your family, your kids, you know, you can't be great to your kids if you don't think that you're worthy of... of for them, right? Yeah. How, how can I be a how can I be a good father if I don't think I'm a great person? Well, it's to just a direct reflection, you yep. know. Like yep. I always look at it that way. Like the the state and the temperament of the house is is such a reflection on what I'm bringing, you know, in every day. Every day, and like what kind of energy I'm waking up with, what kind of energy I'm coming home with, what kind of things I'm contributing towards, you know, and like thinking, you know, outside of myself, but also like you know, making sure like internally. I, I'm presenting myself as like, you know, excited and, and motivated and, and, you know, trying to, you know, better everybody along with me and kind of bring everybody up. Yeah. But yeah, it's like, it's funny. Cause I, same thing. Great weekend. Awesome weekend. But that <laughs> happened as a result of something previous to that. Right. We tried, we had a date, uh, you know, earlier in the week and I was so excited because we hadn't have a date in like, like a couple months, like this is, this is bad. Like I hadn't, hadn't uh, actually scheduled it out or made it happen. Like a deliberate date where it's like me and my wife, and this is just our time, you know? And like, we're going to go do something specifically to us. And, uh, 
<laughs> so we went out and it was like, we're catching up and we're trying to do this because we had like a block of maybe like four hours, right? Because like my parents watched the kids. And so it's like, yeah, we get this time and we're, we're catching up and we're trying to, you know, it's like we're trying to rush all this, this momentum and, and mm-hmm. trying to make things happen. And of course, my end, I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, I, <laughs> I got this motivation stuff. at the end, you know, <laughs> let's, get to, let's get to the good stuff. <laughs> you know, just totally, I know how your brain works. Totally dude. Fuck it up. You know, like, God, my, my stupid male brain, you know, like I'd, I just would make a comment because I, you know, I like to have fun and, 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 you know, make jokes and stuff. And I just made a joke that just didn't was like a sexual. Get, yeah. Yeah. Sexual so she's reference. Try, she's trying to get all like connect and let's talk to each well, she's other. Like, yeah, and you're like, let exactly. Me show well, me your boobies. Yeah, exactly. Like, almost on that level. I, I felt Are like such asshole? a dick, dude. And I was like, derailed the whole thing. Or yes. What? Yes. It just totally just blew up. And in it my turns face. into a fight, right? Yeah. It turned back. into a fight. We never get these four hours. And then I was <laughs> like, cause she, well, cause she made a reference that I thought was like, she, I thought she was joking and like trying to be like, you know, like reference her body of about something. And so I made a joke and, you know, she was being serious and like trying to like, you know, tie it into like something. <laughs> so we got home and big old fight, like big old ordeal. And I'm like, ah, this is not how I wanted this night to go. She's <laughs> <laughs> like me either. Like we were so frustrated. And then I had to wait the whole week. And then I didn't think, you know, I was like, I don't know when, when we're going to get another date. I was like, oh, well, you know, we'll figure it out. Like I was already planning, like trying to, you know, get her flowers and do all this stuff like on outside the scenes just to like, you know, I don't know, show her that I'm, I'm trying to, to, to work on something and like, you know, make up for it. And uh, thankfully, she got a call from work over the weekend was like, oh, my God, I'm not working. And my parents had already told me they were going to take the kids from me. Sometimes they'll do that when I'm by myself, uh, you know, over the weekend. And they, they took them overnight. And I was like, oh, my God, we have all night. And so we went out, we had, we took our time. We went to this restaurant, we watched the, all the crazies at the beach through this uh, place at Aquarius, which is amazing. Uh, there was live music. And then, you know, I took her after that to go play pool and she gets all this anxiety around like doing stuff. But I was just like leading the whole thing. I'm like, we're doing this, we're doing that. And she was just like, oh yeah. Like she's totally stoked. I was like taking her through all the old steps we used to do. And, uh, yeah. And then, and then, uh, there was the drive home, which, was, <laughs> which fun stuff happened. So I'm going to say that's so awesome. when you guys, when you got, when you push your girl to a limit, like when it gets like gets to the heated moment where you guys are fighting or angry. So with that, is there a sign that, you know, like, Oh fuck, this is not going to go really well. Like, like yeah, for me, like, turning point, like yeah. I get, I get quiet. Like that's what, like, I'll just, She's like, oh, you're going to just get silent on me. Because I get so frustrated inside that I can't articulate my point well enough for her to get it that I'm like, I'm done. I'm mm-hmm. done having this conversation. No. And then I'm like, and then I'll just get completely quiet. And then she's just constantly in my ear, right? Uh, and I'm just like, I'm not engaging in this right now. Yeah, we of- kind of go back and forth and then we both get silent because we know like, okay, if I say anything more, like this is going to take this much longer to make up, you know, <laughs> down right. the road. It's like we, we, we have that sort of level now where we just, divide see, see jessica and i are we're so similar in so many different ways and, and a lot of times that's awesome that we're very very similar but sometimes it's a bad combination and we're both very we're both very sensitive so we can get our feelings hurt and then we're both uh like we need to express and communicate and so if if she feels like i'm not understanding her she'll keep going and if i feel the same way i'll keep going and it just can it can escalate and escalate and escalate and then, of course, the situation by which you know I, I met Jessica was right after my 
divorce. And so I'm already hypersensitive to fighting. And in particular, if I feel like somebody is acting like a, a jerk, if I feel like you're being kind of mean to me for no reason, if I start to perceive that, then I'll jump the gun and I'm very, very defensive because I like the last 10 years of my marriage was a lot like that, right? So we'll we'll be going somewhere and if I feel like she's being anything other than, you know, normal or whatever, then I start to like get on top of it and it's like it just turns into we had a blowout on Friday. It was a huge blowout fight on Friday and then it led into a great weekend though. Then after that we had a great weekend. We hung out, lots of sex, had a good time. And it's just it's just it's it's hilarious. What, when what? you go when you back up and try to break it down, and you just see the breakdowns in communication. You're like, God, it's so hard when you're in the moment and when you're when you feel when you're feeling emotional and you're feeling emotion, it makes it almost impossible. And I also have a very difficult time with uh, ex- like anger that's expressed. So like any kind of raising in your voice, anything like that, which makes it can make it very difficult to someone who's expressive. Mm. And I'm just hypersensitive to it. Like, raise your voice. I'm not going to talk anymore. And then that just takes it to a whole nother level type of deal. So what was it that triggered it? I mean, what set it off for you? You know, it's... it's. I mean, fun. I know I led with the wrong sentence. Yeah, that was yeah. pretty true. If I could go back and do it all over again, <laughs> I would have started with all yeah. the I love you stuff and how amazing you are and how great a relationship so, is and then what's going on with me. So, <laughs> it's, I mean, it's I, guess, you. <laughs> I guess I could go all the way back, you know, and think like, okay, what, what, what was the thing that caused it? But she was... Uh, we, she, you know, she was very energetic and getting a little hyper, and I was feeling like, I was feeling like. Wait, she, say, what do you mean? She's a little like she's just running around the house, like all of a sudden she's jumping on the couches just and lots, stuff. Like no, that. just <laughs> like lots of ideas, lots of whatever. But you can also, it can also come across as like you're maybe feeling irritable or something like that, which I may perceive it that way. It might not even be the case, but I just perceive it that like way a because stir crazy. Well, maybe right, and so then my reactions start to reflect that, and so we were driving to Santana Row and. She was telling me how to drive, like hit your brakes, go over here, oh do that. My <laughs> oh my god, yeah, that which, does cause fights. Which, yeah, yeah. which, <laughs> yes, this is a this is a male. I think it's a male thing. Yes, I think this is just something we, we don't can't handle. That no, no. Yeah. And so I'm like, you know, so I, I told her, I told her I said, as much as a man like me, like you, need to be sensitive to a woman the week before her period. A woman needs to be sensitive to a man to, when to a man's driving. Oh yeah, yeah. 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 If I go the wrong yeah. way, I meant to fucking go the wrong way. Yeah. 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 So we're so we're driving. That's part of the plan. That was yeah. I knew that. So we're driving, and she's doing this like oh hit your brakes oh go over here oh, whatever and so I, I told her i'm like listen i'm like can you you know while we're driving can you not tell me like what to do what to drive and so her response to me was well yeah i'll do that if you can drive better like oh. can, right? <laughs> so and you know what you know that's oh a soft God. spot for you because you yes. know your terrible directions yeah. too, you know say? so so, it's so, a little, a little so jab. It, and it wasn't exactly like that she was saying something like, like a well, hard nipple twist she's like right there. Hey, she's like don't hit your brakes at the last minute if you if you can stop doing that then i won't say this thing and so i'm like oh you know so i'm frustrated with it so we went back and forth a little bit kind of let it go had dinner, everything was kind of okay. On the way back to the car, I'm like, "Do you want to drive?" Yeah, I'm like, "You drive." <laughs> yeah. So of she's course. like, "What? Why? What do you want me to drive?" I'm like, "I just listen. I don't want to drive." And really, what's happening is, I knew how I was feeling, and I yeah. knew if she said anything about how I drive, yeah. I would it would cause yeah. I, I would make me want to. This is the way to diffuse it, right? That's what I yeah, think. That's what you thought. But the reality is, that was <laughs> the worst. <laughs> so now you're fuming in the passenger seat. Yeah, no, it's the worst because now she feels like I'm bringing it up again. Right? Uh, oh yeah. Or oh, she feels yeah. like now you're gonna you're gonna start to 
pay attention how she's right. driving. Like, that was water over the bridge. Yeah, yeah. and now she's like, well, why are you know? So, yeah. so then, over. So then she <laughs> like does that. that. There's a new one. There's a new one. Fuck. Yeah. So she gets irritated. Like, why are you bringing this up? I thought we settled this. Like, you said you would do this and I would do that. And I'm like, and I'm bad. And so then she raises her voice a little bit because she's getting, you know, upset too. So then I replied and I'm like, I said something like, here we go again or something like that, right? Which is the worst possible thing to say to anybody, especially your girlfriend or wife, when they're starting to get angry. Because then it sounds like, what do you mean, here we go? What do you mean, you know? (laughs) So just turn to this big ass fucking stupid blowout, you know, for for nothing. But it was good. We made up, you know, made up afterwards. But, you know, I I, got to hand it to her, you know. She didn't enter into an easy situation with me. I I came out of a 15-year marriage. So that alone, I'm I'm probably going to be more, and it's hard to say because I'm in myself, right? It's hard to observe when you're in mm. yourself and reacting. But for sure, right? If you end if you end a long relationship like that, especially with kids, you're probably going to be hyper vigilant. You can you would assume, right? So I'm probably hyper vigilant in that particular case, in a lot of different types of cases. Then on top of it, she went from being alone to dating someone who has kids, and now she basically has kids also. And so it's just all this, this these different challenges. So I got to hand it to her. She she handles things exceptionally well, and sometimes it's, it's difficult. But anyway, hilarious, man. <laughs> everybody ma- a, everybody yeah, made it through. It was a good time. Yeah. Hey, you know, I wanted to bring something up to you guys, and it's been a we we talked about this like uh, I don't know. We got into a little debate over it, maybe about a hundred episodes ago, when we talked about rap. Mm. And you guys were giving me shit about like yeah, new rap, and it's oh, it's this. Well, but. I've been doing some homework. Right? Didn't you just yeah. you just watch Rapture? I just watched Rapture. What is that? Is that a documentary? Yeah, it's it's on Netflix. Oh, uh, I want to watch that. It's a that. series. Yeah, they kind of go through new rappers and and uh, I think the next one was Nas that I was watching, but I, the first one I was watching was with Logic, and I just started getting into it and um, was like, wow, man, I was very. I don't know. I guess I was just very impressed and hadn't really dove into any of his work yet or any of his music and just the way that he he writes and like his message and his positivity and um, just the way he flows. Like he flows in a way that's like it's 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 in sync with the beat, which I hadn't I hadn't realized that till like he had described that. And I started listening to his songs. I was like, oh, shit. Like he, he's an exceptional. Oh, artist. Bro, his last album is fire. It's yeah. one of my favorite albums that I've been listening. That one is my one of my favorite albums right now that's out j cole's newest one is fucking badass his last song on there 1985 for sure is super fire and his what he's rapping about is he's talking shit about all the young rappers that are coming up now oh wow. and basically okay. what he's talking shit about in in the song is he's talking about how all they're doing is writing trends snare drums poppy taglines just what everybody is doing because it's what's trendy and what's hot and what he's rapping and saying is that that's what made you hot and what made you pop when you're young but let's see where you're at in five six years Mm -hmm. and stuff like that and because he's 33 years old and he's been doing it for a long time Mm -hmm. and he's saying that like if you don't have any you don't have a real message behind your rap and shit you're gonna die with all that's where you get the one hit wonders yes that happened a lot in the 80s there was a lot of uh, one hit wonders in the 80s with uh because music had changed so drastically and uh, synthesizers became a really, really big thing in this yeah. new age, and so you had a lot of bands that were hairspray. Yeah, that would play like like one or two songs that would be hits, and then you'd never hear from them again. So you you know what's popular now, and what's happening is with this ability to upload and get music and get stuff up and out there to your all your people so fast. 
now it's like it's a content war even in the in the rap game or in the music the game. Music. Yeah, so these people are just putting out a lot of shit and it's just it's constantly trendy poppy stuff that's getting released every every week, you know, putting out a new song, new song, new song. You just throw some shit together, make sure it sounds cool, put it out there and you're constantly hitting your audience and then hopefully one out of every 10 you hit something that's catchy and trendy and then it makes it in the nightclubs and now everyone's talking that's about how you it. stay relevant. That's what they're trying to do right now. But what, what you know, Jay Cole's rapping about in this album is that it's short-lived shit. That's what's hot right now for a few years. And if you're not, if you don't have a real message behind what you're saying and it's got, does it have some deeper meaning and value to it, mm. then you're going to wash away with, as all these people grow up. Cause, and it's so true when you're 19 years old, like the stuff that you're kind of into and doing, and then at one point everybody grows up. Mm-hmm. And the funny part, I was talking to Taylor this morning, there's so many parallels to the music industry and the business and even in our business, which you see, I, I see the same thing in our space in health and fitness. Like to me, the, the way people, some of the ways, some of these people get fame and get traction is through these poppy trendy type ways by posting half nudes or the mere selfies or doing cool shit that fucking is over the top or posting all the cool cars. And it's like that gains a lot of traction right now. It's cool. But what those people that are thinking that's cool, they're 17 to 23, 24 years old. What happens when those 24 year olds are 35 and 40? Mm-hmm. Like, does that shit still attract them? And they still probably not. And so if you're not adding any value to those people's lives, you don't have a real fucking business. All you have is a million eyes on you right now. And anybody who's got a million eyes can turn you know, a t-shirt line, a supplement line, you could turn around. Maybe and, here and there, but right. long-term. You're, yeah, but yeah. long-term, why are those people going to stick around? Because once they're over that trend or why why they're following you right now, if you're not adding value to their life, then it's going to be like, why well, am I? Bringing back to music, I think that's why I'm always seeking something that uh, sounds unique and challenging on some level. Like, it might not be like a super comfortable beat that you get into right away, but it's but it's interesting as fuck. And and I just I miss the artistry. I miss the weirdness. Like there was a there was a period I think that why I'm sort of in a, like in a time capsule with. There was this period where like you had you know, bands that, that came out that were really like weird, you know, like they, they were weird. They had weird sounds. They had like, you know, like a, a stage presence in a show that was like, you know, kind of trippy or different, or I just want, I just, I look for all the actual artists that still exist, you know, that, that aren't just like trying, you know, that they're just hustling to, um, you know, to, to be popular and gain traction, you know, based off of that. There's, there's a total, like, you could just see it. Mm-hmm. There's definitely a difference between artists and performers. Sometimes you get, sometimes there's both, right? You have an artist who's a great performer. That's when you hit, that's when you hit it out of the ballpark. That's when you get like a, like Lady Gaga is kind of like that or oh, yeah. a, or a, you know, mm-hmm. ma, or a Madonna or whatever artist who's also it's neat that a you great those performer. Two, but those are true. It's very true. But what you have right now is you have, and it's been like this for a while. It's not just right now. It's, you have a lot of performers. So, these are people who are handsome or pretty. They dance really well. They can sing really well. And someone writes their music for them and creates their persona, creates their wardrobe, and tells them what they're going to do and how they're going to sound. And, and this is what they're well, going to do. Well, this is in the. If this uh, is- artists, artists have no choice. Artists are just who they are. And many times you can tell because they're fucking weird. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? They'll get on stage and they'll perform. And I, I don't know about you guys, but I enjoy seeing a singer or a rock band or a performer who you can tell is awkward on stage. Like when yeah. they sing, they don't look polished. Like they don't make good faces or they don't move very well. And it's like, oh, that's somebody who's just, they're just feeling the shit. They don't even know what they look like. They're just going. Well, today's generation of, of artists, and even in our space, is this hacking the algorithm. 
But yeah. that's what it's all about. It's all about hacking the algorithm and like what what gets more views, what gets more likes, what what's and what is people uh, what do people gravitate towards because they, they, it it resonates with them or they re, it reminds them of something else. So that book, the book Hitmakers gets into this. It's really good a really good read along these lines of what what we do. It's natural for us to gravitate towards things that seem familiar to yeah. us. So you know who does this well? Bruno <clears throat> Mars. Right. Bruno Mars, you hear a lot of his music, and you're like, whoa, that sounds like Motown, or that sounds yeah. like 1980-something. Michael Jackson. Yeah, because he brings yeah. the that familiar, familiarity. Except that's another band, though. He just went on that track with, with this band that was like a, um, not a funk, yeah, like a funk band. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> but that, I mean, that that track, I love that track. Yeah, the, yeah. the other hack is they they uh, feature all kinds of artists. So that's one thing too that I love about J. Cole is like that's like his thing is like I don't feature nobody on my on my album, right? He just it's always him mm-hmm. and it's always his music that he writes, right? Where some of these artists, if you think about it like an as a like it's like podcasting game, right? When you you have another big podcast come on your show, it's inevitable you're gonna get X amount of people that come over. So sure. what these rappers do and, and other not just rappers, I mean pop stars, everybody does this, is they feature all these other people at their level. So him. if you got a million people, I got a million people, he's got a million people, she's got a million people. Smart business. Feature you all on my album. I'm going to get X amount of your artists are going to come over and listen to my album just because you're on sure. it. And so a lot of these guys do that. But again, like these purists, like a J. Cole type of artist, they're just like, fuck that. That's whack. That's weak. That's hacking the system. That's hacking the algorithm just so you can get more traction. And they, the young, the youngsters that are doing it are kind of like, fuck you, I'm getting paid. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that whole you 1985 song is about that. Do, it's kind of tough. Uh, do rappers it. today, because I know what happened to, to, to rock and pop and all that stuff is used to be most performers wrote their own music. So most performers were artists. And then it trans, it, it changed. And now most, Performers don't write their own music; they just perform it and sing it. Is it like that with rap too? St- uh uh-huh. So yeah. most rappers don't write well, their own. It was interesting that I think that's why I was so impressed with Logic when I was like watching the whole thing is because he can even sing. Like he he writes and wow. his own melody and like wow. he works with this Plays guy piano does everything. Yeah, this DJ who who's constructed all the beats like with him alongside him. So it's like they're both you know together like producing it themselves which is pretty fucking impressive how crazy is it that we or how interesting i should say is it that we value uh the ability to entertain us and sing and do that kind of stuff so much that some of the highest paid people in the world are these these performers and artists when you actually break it down you think about like well what are they doing they're not making anything they're not creating a more efficient you know way of getting water or food they're not creating shelter or clothing they're just they're expressing how we feel through music. Yeah, yeah. and, and so how what, much we value that. It's crazy, right? Yeah, well, no, it's a, it, there's something about it for sure. I mean, it, I'm not saying it's not valuable. Obviously, is valuable. Yeah, it's no. just interesting. Oh, it's extremely valuable yeah. to us. I mean, it's if if there's nothing like listening to a, a great song that, and you know, part of what I always realize like the songs that like resonate with me or that I'm listening to, it's because of where I'm at in my life right now. Sure, mm-hmm. you know, like that song right now, I kind of have the same feel about looking at everybody in our space. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like you out here trying to get all this attention. By doing all this funny shit, so that meanwhile I'm over here busting our ass trying to build a legitimate business that provides values for people's lives. Sure, you may be popping off right now, and everybody knows who you are because mm-hmm. of the things that you're doing and the way you're getting attention. But that's okay. I'll be here in 10, 15 mm-hmm. years, and so mm-hmm. that shit gives it gives me just even saying that gives me goosebumps because that's yeah. what the song is all about. So when you connect with music like that, that I think that and there's another good song on their photograph, which is basically talking all about Instagram and like and that whole hype and what that's all about. So when you write about stuff that. I think speaks to how you feel and you connect with it. I mean, that's where these artists are really talented, really mm-hmm. good. And this is where it brings really good value. 
Then you have the the other side, which is the the poppy, trendy, the beats, the sounds, the things that like I'm I'm drawn for on the, at least on the rap side of, of music. I'm drawn to the lyrics. I'm drawn to mm-hmm. the message behind what you're saying. Like yeah. that's really cool to me. Like mm-hmm. there's certain there's certain genres that I want to. He- that's what I want to hear. And there's certain stuff that there's certain times that I just want to hear angry, loud music in my ear because I'm gonna go rip up some weight, and it doesn't mm-hmm. have to have this deep meaning behind mm-hmm. it, right? Mm-hmm. Oh, I forgot. I got to tell you guys. So uh, I had bought uh, I had bought some steaks, some grass fed steaks from Whole Foods. And I had some from ButcherBox. Were they now? Are they the? Did it just say grass fed? Or are they grass fed and grass finished? Uh, grass fed, grass finished, expensive as hell. Okay. Very did you expensive. merge the two together? So I just made a bunch of them. Had some people yeah. uh, hung out with some people. Did you do a taste and, test? Uh huh. Oh, could, you did, dude. <laughs> I don't ButcherBox is. Wait, it's good. Yeah, no, it's good. It's very you know, good. Grass-fed meat. Is I'm already got- getting people inboxing me that after the first commercial that we did with them have now ordered and got through their first stuff. And Dude, it's like, good, and the price is good for the quality. It's yeah, ridiculous. Yeah. I hope they're going to be one. I've of been our- grilling burgers up like crazy. I did the one where you get all the all meat, you know, yeah. all, all the beef, and uh, they they threw an extra uh, hamburgers with it too. So it's like it was awesome. I got to just eat that like with my kids all weekend. That's that's the 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 future of food is. Fascinating to me right now. What's going on? You know, here's the other one. Uh, I just I just was at uh, Whole Foods earlier because I stopped by there to get some macadamia nuts on my way here. And there's a sign out there. I didn't know. I haven't done this, but you know that you know how Amazon partnered with Whole Foods. Mm-hmm. You can order groceries and it's in your house in two hours. Oh wow! Two Damn. hours. Two free. Free. <laughs> by the way, that's crazy. Won't cost you anything. So I extra. told you that I think this this year that's end crazy. end of that this year crazy. or next year that we're going to start seeing. You guys know that we're going to start seeing all the Whole Foods convert half half the registers to Amazon Go. Wow! Mm. So we're it's happening. Make, it's, makes sense. And I, I don't remember. If they, I was told that it was. Uh, and I don't know if I'm supposed to be sharing this. So, but I won't use names. So, who <clears throat> it's supposed to happen either at the end of this year or next year. Wow. We'll start seeing half the registers will be Amazon. Get ready to, for the protests. Oh, dude, it's coming. You're gonna get a lot of pro- serious. You're gonna a lot of, you're gonna, yeah, you're gonna get a lot of employees protesting. Oh, my jobs I can are being see taken. It, but yep. at the same time, oh my god, I can't wait to not be stuck in a fucking grocery line dude, forever. Dude, totally, oh, oh, totally. It's, it's around the corner. That's man. so rad. Yeah. So I'm gonna read you guys. Uh, I'm gonna give you guys a little quiz here. <laughs> see what you guys uh, see if you guys answer correctly. All right. Which uh, which of the following kills more people per year? Okay. <laughs> you guys ready? Yeah. Toilets. Ooh. Shark attacks. Yeah. Taking selfies. Selfies. It has to be selfies. Selfies kills more people than shark attacks. Wait a second. Wait, so where did you of get? Course. Where did you get why did you put toilet in there? Uh, because uh, because you could also look that up and people slip people off the die. toilet and die. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's happened. Yep. Oh my yep. god, it happens a lot. I guess, dude. So I guess you're really old. So yeah, selfies uh, will kill on average something like eight to fifteen people a year, and shark attacks are usually around seven or something like that. But how funny is it that <laughs> the selfie I, epidemic. Have, I have zero fear of wow. taking a selfie, but do not get me in the ocean where my feet don't touch the sand, because I for sure think I'm going to get attacked no, by a shark. Get eaten. Yeah. How crazy is that? Our perception's so fucked up, you know what I mean? That a shark attack is so much scarier than- It's getting that oh. out of control with the phone thing, isn't it? Oh, yeah. yeah. So, like, I seriously have seen people holding their phone out like this, like FaceTiming while walking through an intersection. Dude. I so, was like, what the fuck are so you doing? I'm reading this article, and it talks about how- like someone fell at the Grand Canyon because they were backing up. And they just <laughs> fell off the cliff. 
That, you, how shit is that, dude? Oh my god, dude! You're like backing up. Oh like, shit! Like, wait a minute, I don't have all of it in. Ah. Yeah, and you just fall off the yeah. cliff. Some kid DM me when we were talking about it the other day, where I talked about is it happening over in the Midwest and stuff, and he's like, oh no, I forget what college he goes to, and he's like, it's just as bad over here. He goes, in fact, yeah. it's so annoying. He said that he there'll be somebody he'll be not he won't be on his phone. Somebody will be like on their phone walking straight for him, and he says he doesn't get out of the way. He'll intentionally. Let them run into yeah. each other. Like, and he goes, it's, I'm a human being. You yeah, know, we're in like, physical world here. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Well, I told you guys before. It was this was I saw this article shit a long time ago when the, when we this all started happening is over in China they have lanes, they have walking <laughs> lanes. Like we have car lanes, they have walking <laughs> lanes for on the phone or off the phone. Like yeah. you and you can get ticketed if you don't fucking no way. Yes, you get it. That makes so much sense. Yes, you get like especially a, in the city. Right. Think about that. I mean, it's it's heading that way. I mean, God, now I look too when I'm in traffic. I'll look to my left, right, in front. I mean, yeah, it's everybody. Just everybody on the swivel, dude. Yes, yeah, every, have to. Everybody is on their phone, dude. Yeah. Everybody. Self driving cars will help. Hopefully, will oh, solve a lot of that. Is, you know, lot it, of that will, it will. It will. That's still going to take a long time to, to you know get all that going. It's so, going to take a while. It's going to be a lot of selfie deaths. It's going to be. It's going it, at some point it'll be illegal to drive your own car, but it's going to take a little while to do that. Yeah. How fast do you think that will take that? That because here's what here's what's tripping me out. So I was up in the city. Visiting my brother's got a new place. Uh, he's renting I saw a new that place. Great view. Oh, oh yeah, bro. it's awesome, dude. He lives in this like, and it's dude. It's a two bedroom apartment. Okay, two bedrooms. So him and oh his, my God. his Don't him tell and his me cousin. How much it costs. They're both in their early thirties. They're both bachelors, so it's going to be a great time for them. And they both make a shit ton of money. They're both very successful, but still, two bedroom apartment in this building is like six grand a month. Oh. <laughs> Oh my God! You just punched me right in the nuts for two bedrooms, dude. Woo. That's over a million dollar mortgage, yeah. man. But he, Damn. but but we, you know, it's it's great. The building's incredible. It's like a resort. Then you go up to the top floor, and there's freaking barbecues and fire pits and all this other. So it's, I mean, oh, it's, it's badass. It's yeah. badass, but six grand, it's six grand. Oh my God, absolutely in, in, insane. I don't, remember, I don't remember what direction I was going with that. <laughs> we just, I, I don't know. It's just that. Yeah. Well, you're asking about how long we think it was going to take cars. Oh yeah, self driving. Yeah. So, so when we're there, so my brother, who's a car aficionado, he's like, yeah, dude. He goes, I'm, I'm, I'm getting rid of my car, and I'm like, well, you know, your work isn't super close, like to walk every day. He goes, you don't need to, dude. He goes, these freaking electric bikes are everywhere. It costs two dollars to turn that fucker on, and I think like fifteen or twenty cents a minute, just like the uh, just like those scooters outside. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know how fast these bikes go? Yeah, like 35, 40 miles an hour. Wow. So you just you you pull up your app, and that's what they do every day to go to work. They pull up their app. They oh, there's the nearest one. They walk to it, which is like a two minute walk because they're wow. all over the city. Wow. They hop on the bike. They cruise to work, which is like a, it's like well, a fucking what, motorcycle. What was the car that Dr. Molly uh, got into? Yeah, oh, yeah. Zip car. It was like the zip car. Kind of yeah, like it's another similar. company, but yeah. it's like a zip car. But these are bikes. When what's great about the bikes is because parking's a pain in the ass. Oh, awesome. Dude, the just, that's brilliant. I didn't is, even think about really that. They're smart. everywhere. They're everywhere. They're orange, and they're these orange bikes. They're ev- you can pedal them, so you pedal them to get started. Then you hit the the. I wonder know, the if they have they fixed the problem with all the buses because like I know that used to be a big concern because all these tech companies that moved up into San Francisco like they would shuttle people in these humongous oh, buses I don't know. I don't know. and like just take up like all the parking spots like everybody gets so pissed off. Yeah, about I have that. no idea, but yeah. but I was asking them about that because my cousin Alex has lived in the city now for maybe five years, so he's been there for a while. So he's pretty. He's he's like a local now. He's been there for a long time. 
And he goes, dude, he goes, it's taking over. These electric bikes are taking over. He goes, everybody uses them. I, so I told easy. Katrina so that convenient. I believe that this, because we're, we're right in the right in the middle of like deciding if we're going to buy a new car right now or not. And I told her, I'm like, if we do, I said, I really believe this is the last car we buy. Yeah. yeah. I'm also, if we get, get the one we Isn't really that want. weird? Get the oh, fucking one weird. you really want, because this is, the, I don't see us buying another vehicle or two after the next maybe each of us have one more and then that's it because yeah. i i think in the next because a vehicle gets you a good 10 years you know what i'm saying if you take yeah. good care of it in 10 years if this is what it looks like right now yeah I, th- I feel like it is coming you know what what's interesting though too uh i guess there's a group and like there's a whole petition and signing like already for like human rights as far as like driving is concerned so they're like because of let's say like you're in you're in a, one of these automated cars like to give you the right to take over and drive it you know let, let's say like you know something happens with the government or whatever and everything gets shut down where like they they tell you, you can't drive you know oh so it's like almost like trying to preserve human rights to drive which I'm like what I'm trying to wrap my brain around I don't that. know that's very interesting I could see something like that what always worries me and this this probably will be a movie I'm sure where everybody's in these self-driving cars and just one hacker gets in there and just can cause just serious well, that havoc. too yeah, yeah something like yeah. that but yeah, dude, these electric bikes are like little scooters. You get on it, 35, 40 miles an hour. You go through traffic. You're in the city. You get there way faster than if you drove. Yeah. Like how freaking amazing is that? It makes it makes a lot, especially in the city. It makes oh, it's sense. so it's so cool. So I got another cool article I want to. So I let's see. Sunday was Earth Day. You guys knew that, right? Yeah, yeah. I saw you guys it celebrate Earth Day? <laughs> I didn't know. It's that. not on Instagram. Everybody's like all you know, Mother Earthy. So Earth Earth Day, obviously, you know. Uh, conserve the earth and make sure it's safe, all that stuff. So I was reading this article in, about the first Earth Day in 1970 and some of the pre- predictions that the scientists made on that day. Uh, one prediction was uh, that the population will inevitably and completely outstrip whatever small increases in food supplies we make. And they predicted that the death rate will increase until 100 and 200 million people per year will be starving to death during the next 10 years. Never happened. Uh, another person, uh, uh, other people predicted that we would have a great ice age. Never happened. Uh, these other people said that there will be, between the years 1980 and 1989, 4 billion people will die. Uh, another person said, oh. another, yeah, uh, uh, other people said that by 19, uh, I don't remember, 1980 something, we'll reach peak oil where we'll be able, that's it, we're not going to be able to get any more oil and that'll cause catastrophic collapse of the world. Now, let's look at what's actually happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, and then, and then some people said that they predicted that life expectancy will drop down to 49 years because pollution will get so bad by the year 1990. So let's look at what happened. Life expectancy went up. Far less people are starving. Uh, the world's poor has dropped. It dropped more in the 20th century than it did in, the, in all previous, all years combined for, for humanity. Um, and, and most of it happened in the last you know, 40 or 50 years. Uh, pollution has actually decreased in in developed nations. Oil not only do we not only did we not hit peak oil, but we have more oil today than we did back then because new technology allows us to access it all. So it's just a it's just a reminder for people when we hear these doom and gloom uh, predictions, especially from these environmental scientists who tend to look at things that way. Like don't count. Uh, don't count out our ability to innovate and become efficient. And don't count out that there is a market for 
for for things to be clean and there is a market for efficiency and we tend to we we seem to be improving in most most of these areas so i just want to remind people of that because i saw a lot of these posts and there's definitely bad things that have happened and mm. bad things that that tend to happen but a lot of these posts are like oh my god everything's going to end and the whole world's going to end oh and the, God, the chicken little remember yeah. al gore the sky is falling, you guys remember you guys yeah. remember uh, inconvenient uh, truth with al gore right we talked about by t- by right now actually before i think by 10 years ago he predicted that the polar ice caps will be completely melted mm-hmm. that you know sea levels would have risen so much that coastal cities would be underwater of course that never happened so just be weary about these kinds of predictions cuz sometimes many times they're wrong but sometimes they're also motivated politically because if you're a politician and you can scare somebody then you can get them to vote for you and that's just an old game so oh, yeah, I'm not sure. saying they're they're always wrong I'm not right. saying they're always right just saying pay attention cuz well and I think too like if you see like gross somebody that's a gross polluter you know like what what attractive if you're a business owner and you're just like like negligent and you're you're just like polluting and and just frivolously getting rid of all your shit like what is that going to do to propel your business forward like yeah. people are going to catch on to that quickly i just don't see that being the mentality i know that people want to add uh, you know, like sort of demonize and put certain people in a certain light. And, and it's just like in today's today's date and this today's climate, you just can't get away with that shit. No, and, and you have to understand, like if people want something, that means there's a market for it. Do yeah. people want... Nobody wants that shit. Yeah, do people want clean air? Do they want clean water? Do they want clean land? Then and the answer is yes. People do that. They do want that. In fact, you can... Here's your Here's your evidence right here. Just look at the market for products it's now a selling point to say that this has less you know waste that this was produced with less co2 that this is recyclable or or recycled or whatever and people will spend more on that kind of stuff so it shows you that there's and by the way that comes from wealth it doesn't come from so the the more money people tend to make the more they tend to value or at least have the money to because when you're poor you don't give a shit if something's made out of a recyclable container you're just like i just need food i don't i can't afford to spend another dollar on something that's eco-friendly. Mm-hmm. But people kind of want that. Now, I do understand that there are things where there may not be a market for, for example, things that may happen 100 or 500 years from now. So I understand environmental, environmental protections and those types of things. So I'm not anti necessarily into that kind of stuff. But there is a market for these kinds of things. Here's another great example. We had, we've had conversations on the show several times, and there was one recently where we were talking about if, there was a, uh, if society was voluntary, like, poor people would be left to, to die or homeless people would be left to die and all that stuff. I just read this, uh, I just watched this, uh, This I don't know, it was like a short documentary on Reason, which is, by the way, a great Facebook page to, to follow. And it was the, there was this man who, you know, he had been homeless uh, a few times growing up. And so he had a real soft spot in his heart for people who are on the street. And in LA right now, I don't know if you guys know this, there's an epidemic of homelessness. I think it's it's like over twenty five thousand homeless people. In, Whoa, it's in, a lot. There's tent like whole areas are just yeah like, like tents, tented communities, tent yeah. communities like crazy, right? And so this guy's like, man, we need to figure something out. So he oh, built I saw this article. Yeah. So he built these little homes out of like plywood, Ship two by containers, fours, right? Um, no, they oh, were just no. no. He built them. They cost them twelve hundred dollars to build. Okay. They were solar pow- powered, so you could actually charge your phone in there. There was light in there. Uh, there was a, a bathroom that you could use, but you'd have to empty. Just a very small temporary house, yeah. but better than a tent and, and you know much cleaner, safe, because so you could leave your stuff there, go try and find a job, come back, and your stuff isn't stolen or, or thrown away or whatever. 
And so he built one for this lady that was a homeless lady that was outside his house that he became friends with. And then other homeless people came and approached him and said, you know, can you build one for us too? So he started a GoFundMe campaign. And within a short period of time, like a week, he he generated $100,000. Wow. And built uh, a whole bunch of these little homes or small homes, or I think they were called. Like molecule homes. And he put them out and he put them out on private land. So like parking lots where... You know, a res- like a, a business says, yeah, you can put a couple over here. Or churches, a lot of churches said you can put them here. And also under big overpasses with big sidewalks where they put them. So he built a whole bunch of these homes for these people. So what does the fucking city do? The city collects all the houses, kicks everybody out, collects them all and goes and fucking demolishes them. No way, Yes, bro. yes. And, and, and this, this has happened when people have tried Dirty. to feed the homeless people. You know how many times there's been situations where people have tried to organize, yeah. where they just they you know they get a bunch Such of people together, bullshit, and the city dude. comes in and shuts them down. Yeah. And so when people tell me we need to have, we have to have government in order to to provide these things for homeless people because if we don't, nobody will take care of them. Right. Bullshit. Yeah, it's the, pure bullshit. Try and help them and watch what they do. They'll shut your ass down. They'll make it. They make it illegal. There's a lot of cities where it's illegal to organize feeding the fucking homeless unless you get. You go to the city, get all these permits, get all these regulations, and by the time you're done, fucking, you know, it's costing you twice as much or yeah, twice right. as much headache. It's absolutely it made me so angry to see this because I'm like, why would they do that? And there is a market. People want to help other people. There's just I can't believe that there's hurdles. Yeah, it's insane that they would do that. That's so fucking frustrating. Yeah, it made me so angry to see that because it was a it was a good thing that he did. A hundred thousand right. dollars of GoFundMe that he raised, and you know what would have happened? Let's say he did that and it was successful. And it got a little bit more attention. How much you want to bet he would have gotten another hundred thousand in a GoFundMe? Right. That's just a more. guy that had a good idea, you know, and he, he just wanted to help. It, it's not like, and that's the thing. It's like we talk about charity. It's not just like driven from you know church or community. It's like just one person was like, oh wow, I could help this situation here. I have this great idea. Who wants to help me and back me? Guess what? People respond. Dude, they don't need the fucking government to come in and mandate the whole thing. I've always, I've had this idea for at some point. I want to start a, a nonprofit at some point, and I want to. I'm not quite sure who I want to help, but one of the ideas that I came up with was, if you're, if you're homeless or if you're disenfranchised, one of the most difficult things to do is initially get a job. And part of the reason why it's hard is because laws have made it illegal to pay people less than a minimum wage, which. And I know why they try to do that, but if let's say minimum wage is twelve dollars, a McDonald's or whoever isn't going to pay someone with zero skills who may be homeless or maybe have a prison. Right, they're not going to give them pay them twelve dollars. They're like they're going to pay someone else twelve dollars because that person's not hireable at twelve dollars an hour. But if we made it possible for them to hire them at let's say four dollars an hour or whatever, they may do it. And in in return, that person builds skills and proves that they have. The ability to do what they can right, gives them some momentum too for themselves. And, and so, I one of my ideas, and I guarantee it would they, it would never happen. It would, it would be very difficult and almost impossible. Would be to create a business where we could produce something of value, and I can employ people for a lot less than the minimum wage. Therefore, it allows to sell the product for less, so we can at least profit to continue running this business, but also give people an opportunity to build some skills. So you can come here and say, "Look, I'm homeless. I have no skills. I've been on drugs and this and that." But I'm going to prove to you, and in return, you can pay me whatever, six bucks an hour, and I'll prove to you. And I'll say, no problem. Will you do this? And I tell you what, in six months, you show me you're doing a good job, and we, we'll give you more opportunity. Or you could take your resume now. Now go 
get a job showing that you've had one for six months and done a good job, but you can't, you can't fucking do that. They would never let you do that. You know what would happen? They'd say, I'm exploiting people. Oh, you're exploiting them because Mm. you're paying them less. It's just crazy how many, how many hurdles there are in front of us to try and help people. And it makes me so angry. It makes me furious. I feel you. This clause brought to you by Organifi. For those days you fall short on getting your organic veggies or whole food nutrition, Organifi fills the gap with laboratory-tested certified organic superfoods to help give your health and performance the added edge. Try Organifi totally risk-free for 60 days by going to Organifi.com. That's O-R-G-A-N-I-F-I.com. And use the coupon code MINDPUMP for 20% off at checkout. All right, our first question is from the training hour. Oh, you know, you guys know that. Who's that? Right? Dude, she's fucking hot. Bro. Yeah, she's super wow. hot. Yeah, I've been, I've been <laughs> yeah. following her lately. I'm going to have sex with her later. Whoa, Whoa dude. Hey, man. Hey. <laughs> That's my, it's Jeez. Jessica. Everybody oh, oh, Jessica. <laughs> Wait a minute. You were just talking about shit. <laughs> Oops. I, I didn't know. It was all from, you know, uh, a different angle. <laughs> I don't know. Can you guys talk about the benefits of using drop sets and the best time to incorporate oh, them? Oh, dude, I just did this like two days ago, and I. And you know who's you know who's uh, who encouraged us to do? Or got, I don't. I don't know if this happened to you, but uh, after we hung out with Robert Oberst. Because he's talking about doing drop sets. I think that's what was in my head. And I was feeling myself, you know, and I'm like, I've been in a little rhythm, been hitting my workouts, feeling stronger. I'm like, and I do this all the time. Let's press and, it. And I, yeah, press yeah. it a little a little too much. And I'm definitely a little more sore than I need to be right now for sure. Yeah. So You should use, yeah. uh, try try the, the turmeric. No, I have been. I, oh, okay. Actually, when you brought it up uh, the other day, what I hadn't been doing so... I know the the gold juice has it in it, but mm-hmm. I've actually been taking the four pills a night right mm-hmm. now. On nights where either one, my Achilles is really inflamed, and I can feel that because it's still up and down as far mm-hmm. as inflammation. It's, it actually works, dude. It's pretty no, crazy. it it I, I I've been meaning. It's funny. We, I've been meaning to bring it up and and tell you that after you had brought that up, I started using it like that, and I do notice a difference. I actually. If that's what the main reason why I'm using it is just for inflammation and trying, it, I like using the the pills even more than I like using the juice. Mm. The juice I like is like a regular thing or it tastes really good. It's got other stuff in it too. Yeah, it has other yeah. things in it. Mm-hmm. But if I'm purely just trying to just get, knock the inflammation down, I think it's there's a, a higher dose of turmeric in just the pills than there is in the the gold. Yeah, because I'll go up to eight pills a day, and because I'm messing with it to see how it affects. It. So I know the other thing about uh, uh, turmeric is it's uh, it's very very so it's. It's systemic inflammation. So if you have irritable bowel syndrome, if you have headaches, if you have inflamed sinuses or you know joints or whatever, it balances out the inflammatory response. So and they have a really good quality one. So I, I like the the, the the ingredients that they use. So um, as far as drop sets are concerned, so drop sets are. I'm gonna kind of explain what they are first, and then we'll talk about the benefits. So a drop set is when let's say I'm doing a, a shoulder press. And I grab the you know the thirty five pound dumbbells and I'm doing sh- overhead shoulder press, and let's say I did you know eight reps, and that's my set. What I would do with the drop set is I would do my eight reps, I drop my thirty five pound dumbbells, and then I would grab a lighter set of dumbbells without any rest, and go right back into shoulder presses. And so what I might do is I might do thirty five pound dumbbells, then when I can't do any more, put them down and grab twenty five pound dumbbells. And then when I can't do any more, I might grab 15s or 20s. You can go down in small increments of five pounds. You can go down in, in larger increments, uh, you know, where you're going down 10 pounds or cutting the weight in half. That is a uh, that really doesn't make a huge difference. But what drop sets are doing is they they 
allow you to do more reps at higher intensity. Hypertrophy, dude. The pump. It's, yeah, big time pump. And you're and you also you're not uh, you don't need a partner to help you do these. So they're they're really convenient on your own. Whereas if I'm trying to like rep something out, do whatever, I might need to strip a bar or I might have to have someone get, do four straps and all these other high intensity techniques. A drop set, you just drop the dumbbells, grab another pair. And in terms of like strength endurance, because that's what I get from this, from a performance standpoint, is that strength endurance. Like if I want to have the strength to last in a set that's like 15 or 20 reps or, you know, that kind of strength endurance that you might get from football, for example, football is a great example of strength endurance. It's not pure endurance because, you know, how long does a play typically last, right? Mm -hmm. Average pay, 30 play, seconds. yeah, 30 seconds, maybe a minute if it's a longer play. And then you, you take, you know, 10 to 30 seconds before doing the next play, sometimes longer. And so you got to, but you got to be able to repeat that. You got to be able to repeat that exertion over and over again playing football. And so what you develop with a sport like football is something called strength endurance, the ability to go hard, take a quick break, and then repeat that. And drop sets tend to do that for performance. As far as bodybuilding is concerned, drop sets are probably, I would say, maybe the top or at least one of the top three It's a massive pump yeah. producer. Wouldn't you say well, that, Adam? It's probably one of the top three I also like, think it's intensity one of the things, building techniques. I think it's one of the things that gets a lot of people in trouble. And mm. what they, they overdo them. They, they just get, and I'm for sure somebody who was like this too, you... When you do a drop set, there's no denying the fucking pump and the way to the it. way you feel and the way you look. Mm -hmm. I mean, if you and anybody who's like training in a strength phase where you're three to five reps, you could do three to five reps for a whole hour workout and never feel super pumped. I I can definitely do that. I can sure. do a full hour workout of strength training and not feel this the massive pump in my mm -hmm. muscles. Where if I'm drop setting, supersetting, and training high reps, you get this massive pump. And you got all this, and you're drinking your water. You know what I'm saying? So you got blood, you got water rushing into your muscles. You look fucking probably bigger than you've ever looked working out, or that muscle looks the most developed for you. And so it does this psychological thing to so many bodybuilders, and they then they get stuck in that phase. And I've seen this happen to so many of my peers. And I, I too, have had this happen to me where... I fall in love with the burn, the pump, the look that I have right there that it plays this like it puts this like psychological twist on you thinking that, oh, my God, like, look at me like I look good right now, even though that all deflates and goes away in about an hour or two. And there's some benefit to it. Absolutely. Also, there's benefit yeah. to it. That's why it's it should be something that's incorporated intermittently. So mm -hmm. typically when I teach it. I teach it when I'm also teaching somebody in a in a hypertrophy phase. So like in mm -hmm. one, in our you know phase two or three of maps, I would tell somebody like, hey, because we don't have drop set. I don't think we have drop sets in any. We have it uh, in black. Does maps aesthetic have Yeah, it? we have it in yeah, black, yeah. but we don't have it in red. But you could, even someone could use it if you had red. Maybe phase three of red. Yeah, and, and we're already in a hypertrophy phase, so we're already chasing the pump in phase three of most maps programs. So hey, why not throw some drop sets in there here and there? My body's not mm -hmm. used to it. it's different. It's only going to enhance that. So that's typically when I teach it, but there are no rules on when you use it. I think the key is to just not get stuck doing it a lot and using it intermittently mm -hmm. as a tool to kind of like shock the system. Yep. And, and so, I, and then sometimes personally, because I've been doing this for a long time, I'll even throw it in a strength phase. So maybe I'm, I'm three weeks into, you know, a lot of heavy five rep, five rep stuff. Everything I'm doing is heavy and, and, and low reps. And it's like, hey, you know what? I've been in this type of training for three weeks. Today, I'm going to 
deadlift and then at the end of my my deadlift i'm going to do some sort of a drop set with it because i just would never do that after strength and i would start with five and then cut the weight in half then cut the weight in half again then mm-hmm. cut the weight half again and just get this massive pump yeah yep. but i wouldn't i wouldn't recommend somebody going do that That's, no this is an this is a at best intermediate but most more likely a, an advanced technique i wouldn't even recommend this to beginners and there's some exercises that mm-hmm. lend themselves very well to drop sets mm-hmm. and others that not so much like yeah deadlift's not a good example yeah no, no I, I wouldn't do so like drop sets when I do drop sets it's things with dumbbells typically mm-hmm. um, it's a lot of single joint movements probably better uh, overhead presses sometimes I'll do drop sets I did you know one time I made the mistake of doing a barbell squat uh, drop set <laughs> yeah, I've and, done that before oh too. dude so and this is you know let me tell you when this this is what when this happens it's never when I'm having a smart workout. It's always when I'm working out with another dude yeah. and you know, we're measuring our dicks basically. Like, yeah. Who see <laughs> yeah. let's see who, who can, can outdoer the other guy. Yeah. So like, you know, and I, this is what happened. I worked out with uh DJ and Ryan. You guys remember DJ yeah. and my friend Ryan. And uh, you know, all fit dudes, all very strong. And we were gonna do legs and uh I, you know, I came up with the idea. I'm like, hey, what if we just did a bunch of drop sets for squats and everybody laughed and, and no, nobody wants to say no, right? Because you don't want to be a pussy. <laughs> so we loaded up the bar and we used a bunch of small plates so that we could strip it down like five times. Ugh, yeah. And let me tell you, dude. <laughs> I've done that before. You know, I'm thinking like, yeah, we're going to do this for like an hour, you know? Yeah. No. That was it. We, we might have done two sets or three sets each and then that was it. And that was it for a while. I couldn't move yeah. for a long time, and I'm pretty sure I damaged my muscles. I think it was like a week, maybe week and a half to recover after. Oh, that. now to so touch brutal. on that though, brutal. this is also how I, if I was going to do something like that, like a perfect time to do something crazy like that is when I know I only have 10, 20 minutes to work out. Yeah. It's like, yeah. and 10, 20, and Arnold used to say this, like I could come in and do one set, you know, more effective than someone's entire workout. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that would be an example of that. Like, listen, I, I'm limited to only 15, 20 minutes today. What can I do to get the most bang for my buck? This is where I might do some of this. Now that what a lot of guys will do is so they still got their hour workout ahead of them. So they- That's the Mike, Mike Menser approach with the heavy duty, what he wrote, you know, in the 1970s was, you do one absolute all-out set per body part once per week, and uh, you know. And I do want to say this real quick as I as I go into this. Here's a, a quick kind of rule. There's there's certain laws when it comes to resistance training. None of them are real laws. Like nothing works 100%. But there's general laws, and one of the general laws is that most techniques will work for most people if they're new or if they're novel. Mm-hmm. And everything will not work forever. So if you've, if you've never done a drop set and then you do a drop set, you'll probably see some change. Uh, will it work forever? Nope. And a lot of you it won't work more than two times mm-hmm. or may, maybe more than one time. Um, and, and so you, you do get these changes when you do these things. And so Mike Menser's book was going to the gym, one all-out set to failure and beyond, and then you're done. If you've never trained that way before and you try that every once in a while, you may actually get some 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 progress out of it. Like Adam says, like, I only have 10 minutes. All right, let's go in there and do this all-out drop set and then leave. Yeah. If you never do that, you, you might actually see something. Oh, I really it. think there's kind of a place for everything. But I, you know, not to sound like a broken record, but I think where everybody goes wrong with all of these types of tools is they just overuse them mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and 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 it what the it's the, the psychological part that's hard is that you see some sort of result and the reason why you see some sort of result or change or difference is because you just haven't done it so somebody who did that and never done that before they see this great result and it's like oh shit 
that was that works. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it again, and then I'm going to do it again, and then I'm going to do it again. And the next thing you know, you love drop setting, and you're drop setting all the time in your workouts. And it's like, well, you know, the first three or four times you did that, you probably did see some really good change. Your body did send a signal to adapt, mm-hmm. and you. But now it's starting to get so used to that that it's not so. These types of things, the drop sets, the training to failures, the pyramid sets, the, I mean, all the all these different types of tools. I love to intermittently throw them in my routines and I absolutely will do that. And a lot of times it is just a test like that. I did it the other day. I overdid it a little bit, but I, I, it wasn't like that wasn't me fucking up or a failure. It's like that kind of let me know where I'm at right now as far as my my muscle conditioning. I'm just mm-hmm. I'm not up to that much volume and that much intensity to where I need to do that. Like, See, the, the, like where I'm at right now, this sounds like really appealing. You know, like I'm totally going to go do this, uh, you know, because before that, like you said, if I only have like certain amount of time, which this is always something I'm battling, my go to would be I'm going to do a squat and then I'm going to do an overhead press. And that's just it. I'm going to do those two things. And then the next time I'm going to do a deadlift and I'm going to do a bench press. Mm. And that's those two things. And so it's like I know I can hammer those out within 20, 30 minutes, get a real solid, you know, uh, workout as far as like my skill and like depth and like, you know, what I'm trying to do mechanically uh, and, and load it up properly. But yeah, let's let's flirt with that when I'm when I'm in a pinch like that. Mm. So it does make sense. Do you guys have a favorite exercise for drop sets? Like, is there one exercise you like to do drop sets the most for? I mean, I like arm stuff. Dumbbell bench. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like I like arm stuff. Dumbbell bench yeah. is so fun. Really? For yeah. for me, I like I like doing biceps bicep stuff or tricep stuff. Laterals. Yeah, laterals. Laterals. Oh, laterals my yeah, that's laterals, my favorite to drop set. Laterals. It's so easy, right? You just go down the dumbbell. My, yeah. I used to, I call that's it a good call. We used to call it running the rack. That was a and that yeah. was a term. That was used in the probably 80s. Now they, they say drop set. It's a drop set, strip sets, run the rack. Those are all mean the same thing. Mm. But that's what I used to call it, run the rack. And what you do is you'd start with your heaviest weight, yeah, and, and cool. you would go down just dumbbells go. literally until you hit the. And then this is where you see the the 24 hour fitness like fucking apocalypse, like Adam blasted <laughs> me about the other day. Where all the dumbbells <laughs> where are all just the- all on the ground because <laughs> you're like, fuck, the, your arms just fall off. How are you gonna put yeah. them all back? <laughs> yeah. Hey, did you guys see that? The, speaking of 24 Hour Fitness, one of their, I think he's an area manager, said that uh, he has his trainers, all the trainers listen to him. Yeah, no, I'm getting that more and more That's now. Awesome. In fact, we're, we have a huge, like, uh, like 24 Hour Fitness influence. You know what? Now that you, I'm glad you brought that up because uh, we're already, I, I don't know if I told you guys or not, I know we're we're scheduled or we're scheduling right now a Golds and a 24 because I, uh, two fitness managers. One GM and one FM reached out to me, and I think most all their trainers listen to the show already, and they listen, and I, I said it uh, earlier, and I don't know if I've said it on the show, so if you're listening and you're a GM and FM for any of those franchises, and would, and you guys, especially if you're in California, because we're always up and down uh, California, but it, if you're around and you guys want us to oh, stop man, this through, this makes me so happy. This is, I love to do this stuff. So then so do the boys. Like, this is it's like full circle. Yeah, yeah. man. I would. Uh, and so a couple guys called me out on that and reached out and absolutely we're making time for them as we're, we got a, a West Cor- West coast tour happening right now. And so we're going to drop in some of the, the golds and 24s that reached out would love to come, come by, see the trainers. We could do like a little live Q and a with them and talk to them. So if you're a, a manager for one of those facilities and you listen and your, your staff listens, um, would love to stop by. Next question is from Eddie, the coach. How do you talk to your kids when you and your ex were getting a divorce and in the transition of moving out? It's a little bit directed. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, I sat down with my kids and I'm like, Hey, listen, you know, how you don't clean your room. 
I'm out of here. No, I'm just kidding. Terrible. Sorry, I had to break it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Thanks. It's your fault. No, you know, I told you that I loved your mom. Well, <laughs> I don't. Fault. No, 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 no. You know what? When you're, and this is just, I mean, this is- This, this is had just been my, this had to have been really tough for you because- Oh, when you're, so tough. When you're going through something like this, yeah. I mean, it's already, I'm sure, a fucking, I mean, like you said, probably one of the hardest times of your life. So personally, you already have so much that you're internally dealing with, yep. and then also she's probably crazy well, and he, dealing with her he, shit. And then on top of that, you got to think now: how do I, you know, convey this to my kids here's without thing. allowing my emotions to get involved? Here's with it. A, and I did a lot of thinking, a lot of meditating on this. And, and here's the thing: when you're a ch- as a child, a child will naturally blame themselves for some you know major challenge or mm. trauma in their life and the reason why they do this especially when it has to do with their parents is it's easier for them to think that they did something wrong than it is for them to think that the person who takes care of them yeah you guys are the superheroes yeah superheroes and, don't do stuff wrong yeah and so they they internalize it a lot and so I, I was very uh cognizant of that that was something i was thinking quite a bit and i thought to myself well it's happening, okay? So I, I can't shield them from, from this. It's going to happen. Uh, I might as well be as honest as possible. I might as well just be very, very honest. And of course, you want to make sure your language is appropriate and how you discuss the things is appropriate for their level of understanding. I mean, if I was getting divorced and my kids were 19, 20, we can get into more depth about what happened with the relationship and the marriage and all that kind of stuff. But I'm, you know, you're talking to little kids. You want to talk in language that they can understand. But you want to be as honest as possible because it's difficult regardless. But what will make it more difficult is if they have false hope by saying like, well, you know, we're just going to try things out or I'm going to do this or sometimes things, you know, sometimes things don't work out. And, you know, you want to be as honest as possible. And what I told my kids, what we both, we both sat down. I think that's also very important. And this is not always uh, possible for people. But if it is, I, you know, my best recommendation is both you and your you know, your ex or whatever, sit down and talk to the kids together so that they can see. Because another thing that I was worried about is I was worried that my kids would view us no longer as united in raising them. So, yes, we are no longer together as a couple, but we are still united as your parents. We're still on the same team, which means when you need something, we're both a team, and when you do, and if something goes wrong, we're both a team. And if she says something, I got her back. And if I say something, she's got my back. Because if they start to view you as separate, right, that can be a tremendous stress. It can be a tremendous stress. They don't know what to expect. Kids will start to work you. They'll start to, you know, and you start and, and all that guilt and stuff starts to kick in. So we were just super honest, and we sat them down and said, "Look, you know, your your mom and I have decided." that we're going to be getting a divorce. Now, this is what that means. It means that uh, we're not going to live together anymore. So, And then they're like, well, where are we going to live? It's like, well, you're going to actually have two houses now and you'll have two rooms and you'll be living sometimes here like you normally do and sometimes you'll be living at a new house, which I'll be living in. Uh, But what I want you to know is we're still a family. And this was the big theme of the conversation that we had with our kids was, this doesn't change the fact that we're a family. We're still a family. And let me tell you, when you're, when you're going through a divorce, you don't want to hang out with your ex. You just don't. It's just, I mean, obviously, you're divorcing them, right? But when my kids have something, when they're doing something, when it's a sporting event, when it's you know, a dance recital, uh, m- me and their mom show up and we show up together and we've brought our 
new significant others, as awkward as it may feel or whatever, because it's important that the kids see that, oh, all these people care about us and all these people are, are, are united and working together. We also told them it's going to be very consistent. I said, look, the same rules that you have now are going to be the same rules you have in the new house. Mm. And, and you know, their mom and I, we talk about these things all the time. We decide, we discuss bedtime. We discuss food. We discuss when they do their homework because it can be very stressful moving from home to home. And what we wanted for the kids was that it would be make it as, as seamless of a transition as possible in the sense that they know that it's the same rules. Like, okay, not a situation where at my mom's house I can leave my room a mess and I do my homework before bed. And then at my dad's house I got to do it right after I go home from school and he lets me stay up later and whatever. It's the same. It's the same. We're all, it's, we're a family still. We still work together. The only difference is two houses, uh, two different places live. And we're just very, very honest. And we answered their questions as honestly as possible. And the questions your kids will ask you are going to be fucking hard. Right. Very difficult. Yeah. Right. They're going to ask you things like, you know, do you guys still love us? Uh, do you do you still love each other? Do you still like? These are very tough questions to a- you know to a- uh, to answer. Yeah. And so they did ask us like, do you guys not love each other anymore? We said, well, no, actually, we care very much. And I told my kids, said, look, I said, your mom is your mom. She's the mom of the children of my kids. No matter what, I'm always going to care about your mom. That's a very special thing, and we're always going to work together. We just don't want to be married anymore. But we do, and then of course my youngest did, didn't understand that because they're like, well, what's the difference? Why don't you guys just be married then? Because they don't understand that whole, yeah. that other whole aspect of it. So that was a, that was a tough one. But you just got to be as honest as possible well, with I, your kids and I try think, not to sugarcoat her. You know? I think the united piece is, is the important. The fact that the mistake that I've seen with you know friends of mine that had divorced parents, I had divorced parents, is the parents that, and it's very, very common. It's more common that you see this. So common. That you see mom and dad break and divorce because they don't like each other anymore, whatever it may be, or something bad happened. And the partner or the two, the the mom and dad have resentment for each Mm -hmm. other and they speak through the kids about it. Such a terrible mistake. It is a huge mistake. And you competition between the two. And I, and I've seen it and I've seen what happens to the relationship with those kids and the, and the parents that are now adults and their relationship. I mean, I see it in my own family. My, my sister, who's only a year different from difference from me has zero relationship with my stepfather and part. And she just, she absolutely hates him. And she hates him a lot because my mom hated him. And my mom talked so bad about mm-hmm. him about him so much that it's been ingrained in, in her head that way. And and I've seen that she's done that with multiple people in our family and relationship where and you know, my sister and I were so young, you're seven, eight, nine years old. So if mom says dad's an asshole, dad's an asshole. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Or dad's a jerk because he won't pick you up on time, or dad she would she would express how she was feeling with what was going on in their shit. And that is a huge fucking mistake because it's inevitable. And I know Sal can speak to this. I guarantee his ex pisses him the fuck off sometimes. But you cannot let the kids see that. If they see that and they see you bad-mouthing their mother at all, even in the slightest bit, like then you show that division. Honesty is extremely important. So I I could say something like, well, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm upset with your mom right now or I'm upset, you know, with the situation. But what you have to understand with, with children especially you know when you have you get divorced and they, you know you have two parents is that that other parent is 
the other half of the child. So what you say about, you know, what I say about my kid's mom to my kids, I'm saying about them. This is how they internalize it. Mm. So if we're sitting there and I'm telling my kids, your mom is this, your mom is that, and she's this and she's stupid or whatever, you know what my kids would be feeling? They'll be like, oh, like that's me. That's half me. I'm a lot like my mom because other people are going to tell them stuff like, oh my God, he looks so much like your mom. mom. Oh, you're... So now they become in, they start to internalize it, and one of two things will happen: either they'll start to hate themselves, or they resent you. Dude. They resent you. They resent you. Or they pick a side. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last thing you want ever to do, and I've seen parents do this, and it's fucking, it's so crazy to me, where they'll have like young kids, and then they'll ask the kids, "Who do you want to live with? Who do you want to stay with?" Wow. Like, what? Wow. and I understand sometimes those situations require that, but. Mm. Like that is a, you're asking a young kid now to hurt someone's feelings and choose someone else. And that can cause a lot of havoc. And that's what happens when you say terrible things about their parent to them. Now you can be honest. If you, if you're, if your ex is a degenerate, if your ex doesn't show up when they're supposed to and doesn't support and all that stuff, you can be honest and say, look, they have a tough time being consistent or it doesn't look like. Uh, that they're you know responsible with this and just be honest like but don't the vitriol the 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 the, the negative the evil comments the anger like keep that for yourself it has you know don't you get to pull your emotions out of it it's it's a be able to speak the honesty and the truth of what's happening but at the same time too take out the emotions and the feelings that you're right. feeling of resentment anger right. bitterness one like thing that is can't, for that sh- can't come out in your conversation no, with the kids one thing is for sure like my kids know that their mom and dad are like we may not agree on a lot of a lot of things but together we're a fucking team when it comes to raising them and when my kids ask me something like my son will be like hey can i have can you know can i have a new phone i'll be like did you ask your mom and the reason why i'll ask is i want to make if you didn't then okay well then maybe i'll answer but if you did what did she say because i got to back her up and she'll do the same thing cuz i want them to know like okay they're a they're a team even though they're not married I still have two parents oh, yeah. that and, are a team. And, and you got yeah. you have to set that foundation now because it's inevitable. When they become teenagers, they're going to try and work the system. Oh, they're going to know. Yeah, yeah they're going to try and work the system. What you, they want. Yeah, you go ask mom these questions, you ask dad that they, they'll know who to ask what and they'll play you guys against yep. each other and so you got to be you got to have established and, that solid and be foundation a, be early. A, be a fucking mature adult. Like don't be a fucking kid, man. Like don't be a don't be a uh, be an adult, like here. I'll tell you what we have. There's obviously there's holidays, and you have to split the holidays, which is tough for a parent. Like, you know, they're not with me on Christmas, so they're going to be with their mom on Christmas, or they're with me on Easter, so that they're not with her. And that's a that's a difficult, especially the first ones, right? Those are real tough. So what we do, and we don't do this on all of them, but we've done a couple times, especially for the more difficult ones like Christmas, where they were with me on Christmas. And their mom was kind of having a tough time, and I could tell. Mm. And the kids were kind of like, oh, are we going to see mom on Christmas, this and that? And here's the other side of it. Uh, I have a girlfriend also who, you know, we live together, so it's also her house. So I don't, I'm not trying to impose anything because I also want to respect, you know, Jessica's space as well. But luckily, I'm with someone that is also extremely mature um, and wise. And so what does, you know, what does Jessica do? She calls my ex. And says, "Hey, look, I, you know, I know the kids are with us on Christmas, but if you'd like to come over, we're gonna have, you know, hot cocoa or whatever. Watch the kids open their presents from Santa Claus and hang out a little bit. And I know for, a, I guarantee you, for my ex, that's not the most comfortable situation to yeah. come over with my house and my girlfriend's house or whatever. But you know what? She did it because 
of course she wanted to see the kids, but she also wants the kids to see that we're beyond like that that stuff is there, but what's more important is that we're all a team. That's and, huge that, that she did that. Oh, and we we've done that now for several holidays and it's getting easier and it ain't easy. It's it's I'll tell you something, it's fucking not easy. Look, we yeah. you know, the first time we did it, I don't remember where we were. We went Oh, uh, we went, it was a, my daughter had a dance recital. And so I brought my girlfriend, my ex brought her boyfriend. It was the first time everybody met. My parents were there. My ex's dad was there, cousin. So it's also other extended families now that are seeing these other people. And so we all showed up and, you know, everybody was cool and the kids saw us all together. It was all good. On Easter, we all went to, you know, we all did this, the church service together because, you know, the kid, my kids go to that, the Catholic school. Mm-hmm. Afterwards, you know, I, I did this. This was my, my thing. And I said, hey, let's all take a big family picture. And I said that loud in front of my kids so they could see everybody's fucking cool. And we did. We took a big picture together and, and that's all it. And it's, again, it's not perfect, but just be honest. Just be totally honest and be mature adults about it because uh, I firmly believe the damage that's caused from divorce is small in small part the the fact that the that there's a big change where the two parents aren't together but i think it's in large part to the shitty way that that parents tend to handle those situations so there's a lot more in your hands than you think good a good habit to practice is cuz it's inevitable that your ex will piss you off that's just how it it's inevitable that will happen is when those moments come do not communicate with your kids. Just separate yourself from your children for a while. Let yourself cool down. Let yourself process what you just went through with them. Swear in your room. Go to your friend. Tell them what a bitch she is. Do all that stuff with, <laughs> yeah. to the people that you can talk to. Then fucking gather yourself and have your your conversation with your kids when you have to. But do not Get a punching bag. I think that's the biggest mistake I see people have is. They they get fired up emotionally because the the ex is an idiot. They always that's why they're their your ex. Dude, I and see. So I, I know I know people. I know families where you know they're divorced and everything and dual custody. So it's not like they're like one of them degenerate. You know whatever, but they hate each other so much that they'll roll up to the house and they'll fucking just drop the kids off. They don't even get out of the car or anything. Like peace. And it's like this. What they're what they don't realize they're doing is they're creating this imaginary division. Oh yeah. They won't even say hi. To the other person, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Where I, I'm 100% honest. Like I don't want to say hi to my ex at all afterwards. It's like, I want to hang out with her, but you better believe I drop the kids off. I go up, say hi to her. Hey, how's it going? Great. Because I want them to see like, oh, cool. They communicate and they're all together. They're, they're on the same team. Yeah. It just takes a, another level of, uh, I think, maturity, uh, but I think it's worth it. Next question is from the Girls Gone Wad podcast. Oh, yeah, our girls. girls. Friends. Yeah. Very important question. How do you fold your toilet paper? Do you crumple it or fold it? That's what? Wow. Are you a, are you a folder that, or, or a crumpler? Apparently. It's like the wipe standing up or a, sit down kind Apparently, of this is like a big, like there's a big division, right? There is. Really? Big division. Yeah, yeah. Well, are you guys folders or crumplers? Uh, I'm trying to think. I'm very, I serious. Guess I'm I'm very serious about my bathroom toilet paper time, so. Yeah, you know, I'm a crumpler. I do yeah. the, the whole roll thing, and then I smash it. Yeah, and... you're a folder, aren't you, Adam? No, no, I'm a- You're I'm a, a crumpler? I'm a, a two-time crumpler and two-wiper. Whoa, 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 what do you mean? Whoa. So I, I do two crumples. Oh, right. two wipes? He's advanced. Yeah. yeah, and then I get two wipes. What if you need an extra wipe? You don't. It's always two and two? Two and two is all- It's a hard, that's it? Yeah, it's a hard, that's what it. What if there's a lot of stuff? Yeah. Well, that's two. See, sometimes I only need one. <laughs> 
You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Sometimes one's only like the you know if it's a if it's a clean, I always go for an excessive amount. Even a clean break small. means one one and one, but yeah. that's the two and two is like the the norm. You know? So the wipes, you know, that's a thing that you introduced to 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 us. Changed your life, probably. yeah. Oh, and yeah. you know what? I, I, You're welcome. That's probably why you got some roadhead the other you day. You know, I'm, just, just, I'm sure just it contributed. <laughs> and thanks for outing that. Yeah. <laughs> I was trying to like skirt around that. Yeah, yeah. 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 But oh, no, I just my I just gonna love it. I just guessed. I mean, you're driving the car and you're full of Yes, you guys playing footsie, <laughs> playing footsies while you're driving. So I read, no, that, wait, I read somewhere that the, all day. I read somewhere that the wipes aren't. Are they not good for the environment? Well, or of course like that? they're not. So either is fucking flushing toilet paper. Nothing's uh, good for the environment anymore. I don't know. What yeah. the fuck is well, good for the environment? Is biodegradable kind? Is there? I, I, or, or they they plug up toilets and stuff like that. I don't know. Maybe some like some forward thinking companies yeah, making it. Yeah, someone was saying. So here's an article. Wet wipes are a huge environmental problem. Huge. Yeah. Oh, really? Yeah, you know, I think plastics a lot worse. Well, I think selfies are worse. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you, you know what though? Here's this is such a classic, to, classic thing, right? Consumer society. I, you know, the last time we talked about this, I did get a bunch of DMs from people. You know, you really shouldn't. Flush those down Luke, the toilet. Oh, go fly a kite, yeah, bro. Yeah, yeah. Stop taking yeah, your yeah, but have you, you seen my your selfies? I'll stop using yeah. my wipes. Have dude. you seen how squeaky clean my asshole is? That's <laughs> yeah. right, dude. Huh? You, but you worth know, it. You know what we should do is make uh, bidets popular again, dude. Oh, there you go. Like or not popular again, popular because those that's a big thing in uh, in Europe. Europe. So quite a few of the houses wonder that we've been why staying that never at, caught on. Quite well, actually, a lot of the houses that we've stayed at have had them. Have you used them one yet? Yeah. So I've been using them so a lot. I'm going to confess. The, the house I've down, never used like, one before. You can't be too strong. Yeah, like, I just imagine this. I've never used one. Like, oh, how does it work? Penetrating. What, so, is it, what is the start to finish? What do you do? You you, you wipe first with paper? Yeah. Or you, you go straight into the. No, 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 no. You still, yeah, you still do your normal process over there. Then you, then they have it right, the toilet's right next to it. Then you hop your butt right over there. And then there's a hot, cold, and then a, a nozzle thing. And you. The thing that sucks is when you're getting on somebody else's that you've never been on before. <laughs> I've noticed since we've been in all these different houses, there's probably been, I would say, all the houses that we've traveled to, there's probably, I've and had- And it's just like a sink or does the water spray up? Or has spray, it-, it sprays straight up. So you have to sit over it. You have to, yeah, and you have to be right on it, right, because you could shoot <laughs> shoot up shoot up a little far up up the front or up the back. So you got to <laughs> you got to hone in on the target there. So uh. it just sprays straight straight up. Straight up. If you were to, if and you then were you to, use your hand with soap and everything. Or no, you, you just don't know? even touch it. Hand. It's enough. Well, I don't know, Justin. I've never I, done this before. It's enough pressure. Okay, you're no, sitting. Imagine if you're sitting. Is there soap like or is it just water? Stream. No, it's just water. It's just a water wash. Yeah, it's just a water. That's why you still need to do the. the you're like you're like power pre. washing your ass. <laughs> exactly what's yeah, happening. Yeah, that is what. Yeah, it's what's yeah, happening. Yeah. So you stand, you squat over it. You don't no, no, sit you, on. No, it. you sit on it like a toilet. Oh. So you still sit on it, and when you sit on it, you know you're. I mean, I I imagine. I haven't seen a camera view, but I'm imagining if I sit down, it probably naturally spreads my ass cheeks a little bit. Yeah. And then the the nozzle part is you know lined up with your your butthole. Yeah. And then you turn it on. There's Ooh. warm and cold. Well, yeah, some people really like it. <laughs> yeah. What did you say? Yeah. It's a little. It's you a want little, a deep clean. Yeah, you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, a little real deep clean. It's a little weird for me, but no, yeah. I, I mean, I, nah. I'm for sure uh, when when I actually customize the house. But then isn't there like house, isn't there like in poop in it then afterwards? Wow. No, no, because you've done a good job of getting the serious stuff on the the first the first go around. So when uh, you do when you when you first you still wipe. It's just like the film. Yeah, you, you know what I mean. Wow! So yeah. you it's sit the dingle, on it. it gets rid of dingleberries. You know what I'm saying? You sit uh, on before it, they become ding, dingleberries yeah. are because people let that shit fucking dry up on their shit and it's disgusting. Yeah. That's why I'm always been a wipe guy. Like you got to get rid of all of that, all the lingering stuff. Otherwise, then you, you got to shave that asshole, right? Or wow. that right. one wow. or the other, or wow. both. Wow. Let's go there. Yeah, no, I think bidet's got to be the way to go because it's safe. You don't have to throw things away. There's no waste. 
And it would be it would, it would be ideal. It's cleaner. So the, I it mean, is. so everybody knows that all the fucking. I know women love them for after sex. That's a big thing. Like in in, in Europe, it's like oh, oh you know, after we have sex, point. we can yeah. yeah wash ourselves. Right. No, so that bad. would be excellent for that. I didn't even mm-hmm. think about that. That'd yeah, be perfect yeah. for that. <laughs> we should <laughs> make a mind pump a day. Let's my, make it popular. Mine today. That's all I got for that one, though, Doug. I can't yeah, give you any more. I can't tell. I can't give our girls any more than that. But I'm a <laughs> I'm a crumpler because I think that it creates edges. So like if if you fold like people you got have hard poop, man. No. You need to scrape well, what does it the off? fold look like? I mean, are they doing origami with this? No, no. Like a, they, a fold is like just a normal, perfect fold that's just thick, right? So it's like wiping your butt with like a. Uh, you just you just double it up, double no, like it up. A, like a like a, a cloth, you know, because it's so it's just like our blanket because it's so soft. So some yeah. people like that, but I want some edge yeah, to mine. Yeah. Who's oh. the most likely to, to plug the toilet? Justin, easy. Come on, that, man. Easy. <laughs> Not even <laughs> easy. I think yeah. he used too much paper. <laughs> He's a lot it. of paper. I do. Well, <laughs> Why? Because like I'm, I'm paranoid. I don't get all of it. You you know? So it's just, just a shit ton of paper. Just, I don't want it on my hand. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> who picked that question? I don't know where to go. With they that. had to. The girls got wild. Yeah. All right. Our next question is from O'Rourke Q. An asteroid impact is imminent. Do you want Uh-oh. to be vaporized immediately or survive with ten percent of the people left on the planet? And if so. Where do you go for a safe haven, and how well could you survive? <laughs> Dude, that thing's hit me in the face. I'm going out like a G. You'd rather just die automatically? Ah, no, this would be take part, me. This is exactly how I would start my uh, my my nation, my community. Oh, uh, yeah, you, you can't know. wait. Yeah, everybody dying, I'd rise up. Uh, right, everybody, uh, follow me. The you, squat oh, society, yeah, squat and deadlift society. It's crazy. What a terrible question. It, it, it's a hard one to think about, but you, think about all the things that we've gotten so accustomed to that. Like, I even think about, like, watching TV, our phones, the cars that we drive. Like, I can't build a car. I couldn't build a TV. I can't build a phone. Like, a lot of these things that we... You've never been hunting. It would be horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Start over again. Yeah, just think about all the things that we have and that that we've become accustomed to using every single day of our lives to the point where we don't even understand how they work. Like, that's how, like, crazy it's become. Oh, it'd be Stone Age. It would, right? It'd be Stone Age right away. Like, I'd be fucked. Like, I would... I I mean, I could survive. Like, I feel like... I feel confident enough. I don't... I think most of us would die. Oh, really? uh, Yeah. You Mm. know, you have to... You can make batteries out of lemons. Bro, the net... Yeah, but how? Here's the thing. Thing. The yeah, natural. I, mean, I know that much. Random fact. <laughs> yeah. Where did that come from? Yeah. You can make batteries at 11. That's how. That's how the ancients did. I've man. seen it. Yeah. yeah. You. Here's the thing that people understand: the natural state of humanity is is terrible, grinding, poverty. Uh, you know, food scarcity. It's that's the natural state. The way we live now is not natural. We have created. <laughs> A society, it, it's a miracle, oh, yeah. where all these people have, have somehow worked together to create a situation where we don't have to worry about a, a whole lot. Oh, we're we really so don't. soft, dude, yeah. everybody would just dude, get demolished. Take take away, look, you don't even have to destroy ninety percent of the world. Just take away electronics. Did that show? Did that show ever last? The one that was, um, Na- I know, naked you, and afraid. Oh, no, 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 no. I know you've watched it for sure because I think we talked about it a few years back. It was um, Last Man on Earth. No, no, no. no. They, oh. they they actually had a, a reality show where I think ten people get dropped in. Oh, it was oh yeah. In, it was based in some some area in L.A. Some or out right outside of L.A. And it was basically they had to build their own little community. And there was like a you know a, there was like one doctor. Then there was like oh, an engineer yeah. guy. There was like a construction guy and like. 
and it was, and they all had to kind of work together to build and they had nothing you had no outside resources whatsoever they had to kind of put together this and they had to figure out how to generate what was power oh my god you just reminded me yeah right I, you've seen that right there yeah was, i don't think it only lasted like a season if that i, I know i watched at least think, one or two seasons of it think about how many people who are super highly skilled that would have that their skills would be so worthless oh totally <laughs> like yeah. us like I'm a good trainer. Well, that's a I don't good fucking point. care about getting in shape, man. Right. I'm trying no. to survive. Like, how can you help me? No, like, we, uh, I want to be a blacksmith. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. I have something that's like what scares tangible. me about this question because uh, I'm like I'm thinking like I love you guys, right? I love the four the four of us here. Just I feel like we you could wouldn't pick any of us. I know I wouldn't. Yeah, it would be fucked. I wouldn't yeah. pick myself. You no. know what I'm saying? Like I would. This this is not this is not a strength of mine. Think, yeah. dude. Look where we live in Silicon no. Valley. All these. All these tech geniuses would be worthless. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? They wouldn't know what Their to do. Their stock goes way down. Their skills are worth nothing. That would be a terrible situation. But you know, humanity has been through some insane, like the plague. Do you know how many people the plague killed in Europe? One third. Yeah. One a third of the entire third. continent. Imagine that right now. If one out of every three That's people that you know. Insane. Died. Yeah, it's guaranteed one of us is from dead. from an illness. Okay, I heard I heard about this documentary on Netflix about rats, and so I'm definitely gonna watch it because I guess like they went into like New York and and they showed just communities of rats and like how insanely like how so many of them still like pervade the entire city, like make up more of the population mm -hmm. than people. And let's just think if like, and they're all carrying diseases of all kinds of different diseases. Like who's to say that can't all of a sudden become an epidemic again if if all the power goes out, you know, and now everybody's fighting for food and the rats are fighting for food. Well, you take away, you take away power, you take away clean water, you take away sewage removal. So imagine that now, what, what that causes. You right. take away medicine, you take away obviously information. Um, every system that we have that supports us is it relies on other systems. Do you guys remember right before Y two K? Oh yeah, I was house, actually worried about bro, it. We had we had my my family had fucking all kinds of canned food. Did we you had, really? We had jugs had of, of water. We had tons of jugs yeah. of water underneath under the house in the shade. Like it was crazy. We had all kinds of. Did shit. you really? Yeah. Yeah, oh, I feel like that God. was a. Sometimes I feel like these are like conspiracy theories to sell like canned food. Totally. Well, you, know you do you remember what like, the. Do you remember what the big scare was? The was that the yeah the calendar? Yeah, nobody Aztec had calendar. Nobody had thought further. Like, oh shit, how are we going to go into the next into two thousand? It doesn't make sense. Like, the, the, no one had thought to program it out we, that way. We've gone beyond you know the thoughts of the ancients. Yeah. It's awesome. No, I, I think the the biggest threat. I mean, asteroid is a pretty big threat, mainly because we wouldn't. Didn't we see have it. one that just recently just either Passed just us. missed us? Yeah, yeah, yeah I saw. Well, that. when they say just miss us, well, you know, it sounds like it just miss. <laughs> it's like millions yeah. of miles it's, away. Yeah, it's like it's not near our moon. It's not even close, you know, to hit our moon or anything like that. Yeah, I mean, the thing about asteroids is that we wouldn't see it because we're not necessarily looking out at everything. It would be hard for us to. It, it, it's very likely that we wouldn't even see it before it was too late. Uh, and if if we did catch it, we could probably come up with a plan to derail it with some nukes or something like that to get it kind of off, you know, right. off orbit. If 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 an asteroid hit our moon, that That'd would fuck crazy. us up. Too. I was gonna say, what happens what? if yeah, if the moon just destroys and you know, Dude. you know, what does that do to the, environment, the tides, the cycles? Oh yeah. yeah, all the tides get fucked up. All kinds of crazy shit would happen. Of course, bits of the moon would fly into Earth. But don't you think we'd 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 evolve though, right? Without a moon, or we might it might cook up too much, or I don't know. Like, what does that what does that do? I, I don't know, man. It's it's yeah. But as, asteroid, we wouldn't see. Uh, there's a good chance we wouldn't see an asteroid coming until it was too late. And then really? you got no no because we don't we don't have like mass surveillance of all this you know how hard it is to catch 
things that are coming until it's too late. Like at some point, we'd be like, "Oh shit, there it is." Yeah. But there's not much we can do. Yeah, but if like if an asteroid hits Florida, how fucked am I? Because they're here? not like on fire all the time, right? Those are. Are you saying like an asteroid like the size of the United States coming, or like bigger? Like oh, coming? dude, a, a, an asteroid the size of a like a definitely the size of a city. If that hit the Earth, that would be catastrophic worldwide. Absolutely. I mean, the immediate blast would destroy a lot of people, but then it would cause so much shit to fly up into the sky that it would cause like this permanent winter that would that would last for like a hundred years. What? Yeah, yeah, because of all the stuff that flies up, so all the debris block and all dust the sun. And blocks out the sun. So this is what happened to the dinosaurs. Uh-huh. The asteroid came, killed a bunch of people, but then what killed oh, excuse me, dinosaurs, but then what killed the rest of the dinosaurs was the fact that the that the it, the earth cooled down and plants died and the plant eaters died and then you know just down the food chain right if it hits the ocean it could cause catastrophic deaths in the ocean so we're all connected uh, and again the problem is that we wouldn't we wouldn't necessarily see one that's coming so I don't oh, know shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, that's the thing though that that's like a potential that could always happen but it's like do you really want to sweat about it and think about it. Would like, you? Well, let me ask what, you guys this: What are you going to do about it? What What do you think would happen if the governments saw an asteroid and they're basically like, "There's nothing we could do." Yeah. Do they, you think they would tell us? No, they would all get them. No out. They would all occupy all the rockets. And they're get going out. to Mars. <laughs> yeah. That's why you know they're flying. They're Tesla out. and yeah. Elon Musk is like, let's figure a way to get the fuck out. They like here. orbit Earth yeah. until the Earth like, heals and they come <laughs> back. He's like, I'm bringing my favorite car. Yeah. Yeah. God, would you want to know? Would you want to know? Like if there was like 48 hours, like, okay, 48 hours, you're basically, everyone's going to die. Would you want to know? Would you rather be kept in the dark? I'd want to know. Because I feel like there's certain things that you could potentially do. Don't you think? I kind of want to know and like, like have some like epic place where I just like watch it come at me. Yeah. Oh shit! Like that? Ah! You are like that. Come guy. for me! I wonder how many people would. Is that like an Armageddon scene? Uh, maybe. Yeah. I wonder Probably. how many people would instantly, yeah. instantly become spiritual and religious. You know what I mean? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, instantly. <laughs> yeah. Oh, everybody would. Listen, I know everybody. I ignored you my whole life. Right. <laughs> everybody. He let me in. He sure. let me in. Yeah. Yeah. And you'd almost be a full. I believe whatever you want. I believe whatever you want. You'd probably have like half the world would be super like good to each other, religious, spiritual. Oh, the other totally. half would be like. Everybody fucking take drugs. You know what I mean? Oh, it's just like you see, like something happens, all of a sudden everybody becomes patriotic. Yeah, yeah exactly. immediately. Yeah, exactly. same thing. Oh, so check this out. If you go to the app store, you can get the Mind Pump Media app, where you can search for specific topics among all of our episodes, like almost like seven hundred and fifty episodes or something like that. So if you want to, you know, listen to episodes on fat loss, muscle building, you know, uh, strip sets, partial, you know, reps. Four straps, you want to learn about fats, carbs, protein, whatever, type it in the search function. It'll pull up all the episodes where we cover that particular topic. And the best part is the app is free. Thank you for listening to Mind Pump. If your goal is to build and shape your body, dramatically improve your health and energy, and maximize your overall performance, check out our discounted RGB Super Bundle at mindpumpmedia.com. The RGB Super Bundle includes MAPS Anabolic, MAPS Performance, and MAPS Aesthetic. Nine months of phased expert exercise programming designed by Sal, Adam, and Justin to systematically transform the way your body looks, feels, and performs. With detailed workout blueprints and over 200 videos, the RGB Super Bundle is like having Sal, Adam, and Justin as your own personal trainers, but at a fraction of the price. The RGB Super Bundle has a full 30-day money-back guarantee 
And you can get it now plus other valuable free resources at mindpumpmedia.com. If you enjoy this show, please share the love by leaving us a five-star rating and review on iTunes and by introducing Mind Pump to your friends and family. We thank you for your support. And until next time, this is Mind Pump.